1: Terms and conditions apply.
4: Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. Of course Trump knew who Nick Fuentes was. Of course Trump knew what Nick Fuentes is. Of course Trump knew what Kanye West has become. Of course Trump knew they were there, knew he wanted them there because they are hate peddlers and madmen and that they have followings. Of course Trump knew they were anti-Semites because Trump is an anti-Semite. Because you do not get past security and the Secret Service as Kanye's plus one. Because Trump always hides by saying afterwards he didn't know anything about them. Because Trump always was just trying to help, was just joking, was the real victim here because somebody took advantage of him. Because Trump has been exposing more and more of his anti-Semitism, percentage point by percentage point, for seven and a half years. Because nobody in his party stopped him. Because... Nobody condemned the incremental revelation of the hatred and the manipulation of the Jewish community to please the fundamentalists, because this is how you would want to spend Thanksgiving week with someone you later would throw under the bus as a, quote, seriously troubled man who just happens to be black and then claim he just showed up with three other people. And instead of throwing them all out, you brought them in to your combination home and restaurant. Because, ultimately, none of this was an accident, or a coincidence, or a surprise. Trump met with them because he meant to meet with them. Because since November 8th, Trump's problem has been getting bigger, and his world has been getting smaller. He met with the anti-Semites. He met with the filth that is Nick Fuentes, and the filth that is Kanye West, because they are what he has left because the Republican party could come back to him. They have before their voters could force them back to him, but the establishment of the Republican party believes he lost them. The midterms after seven years of disingenuous, destructive, disastrous fawning, Republicans have actually had a collective truth leak and some of them have backed away quickly and others have backed away slowly, but they have all backed away. And that means Trump has a big problem. Consider who since the midterms, who besides Trump himself and the Mike Lindells and the other crackpots, who has even repeated Trump's mantra? Who has repeated the lie since the midterms that the 2020 election was stolen? Who says that anymore? Three weeks later... And if that mantra is not repeated by others, it is Trump saying it by himself. And he looks foolish and small and pointless. And for the giant disaster the midterms were for the Republicans, they still won the House. And the day it became official, they announced their investigations as they said they would. The committees that would probe Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and Fauci and Mayorkas and God knows who else and what else. Everything except The election they had all said three weeks earlier had been stolen. This cardinal belief of the Trump Republican fascist party, their song of two years. And it is not to be investigated. Because whether or not he is capable of understanding this, they do. The election was not stolen. It was not close. It was not in doubt. It was not rigged. It is not worth even a show trial. It is not even worth a hearing by the House Oversight Committee. It is not even worth the time of Oversight Chairman-elect James Comer, whoever the hell he is. The Republican Party has not just abandoned Trump since the midterms, it has abandoned Trump's reason to exist. And that, is why Trump had dinner with Kanye West and Nick Fuentes because he needs a new conspiracy and he needs a new pitch. He needs a new con. He needs a new rage. And yes, he may try full, horrid, even violent anti-Semitism in the same way he started with anti-Mexican slander and then turned to Islamophobic hatred and then tried scapegoating Black Lives Matter and as he had previously flirted with the symbols and subtleties of anti-Semitism that he is now poised to embrace fully. This is not to imply that the anti-Semitism is some sort of act on Trump's part, quite the opposite, as this edition of Countdown will document. It comes naturally to Trump because he is an anti-Semite, and he is an admirer of Adolf Hitler, but he has previously scolded American Jews for not loving Israel as much as he does, while tweeting out memes of Hillary Clinton and others surrounded by pieces of gold and stars of David. Contradictions? Hypocrisy? Stop misunderstanding, Trump. He is not a human being, as you know the term. Trump will befriend anyone, betray anyone, befriend then betray anyone. He will embrace then hate. He will, as Jewish people already know all too well, he will do both at the same time. Embrace and hate, because ultimately Donald Trump hates anybody who isn't Donald Trump. So if Kanye West's version of that dinner is accurate, when West said he would run for president in 2024 and would like Trump to be his running mate, the first actual cutting joke West has made in a decade, Trump erupted in rage. But when Nick Fuentes said he was part of Trump's base and loyal... Trump erupted in, I really like this guy, he gets me. If you rebel against Trump, you get the West treatment. If you might fulfill Trump's needs, if you are servile, you get the Fuentes treatment. Say for a moment, he didn't know who Nick Fuentes was. Even Trump knows now. Has he denounced Fuentes? Not One bit. And still seven and a half years into this, and you have to hunt for Republicans willing to even mildly rebuke Trump for this, even wounded as he is, even on a trajectory that ends with somebody else as the Republican nominee and himself under indictment by a special counsel and forced to run as a third party candidate who could accomplish nothing but guarantee the Democrats the White House in 25 The Republicans still hold back. He certainly needs better judgment in who he dines with, said that Congressman Comer yesterday. Congressman Comer, himself accused of hitting his college girlfriend, threatening her life and trying to hide his role in aborting their child. This guy is comfortable questioning Trump's judgment, but not slamming him for his anti-Semitism. I would not take a meeting with that person, though. I wouldn't take a meeting with Kanye West either said Comer. But that's my opinion. Governor Asa Hutchinson of Arkansas yesterday. I don't think it's a good idea for a leader that is setting an example for the country or the party to meet with an avowed racist or anti-Semite. You think? Hutchinson could use those words, racist or anti-Semite, but he still tossed the whole thing off as not a good idea. Not a good idea. As if Trump had ordered one dessert too many. And then there was the saddest of the comments. Trump's ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, tweeted, quote, To my friend Donald Trump, you are better than this. Well, no, he's not and there, right there, is the fundamental mistake made by every member of every group Trump has attacked or betrayed. There is the, I never thought leopards would eat my face moment from Ambassador Friedman. Quote, even a social visit from an anti-Semite like Kanye West and human scum like Nick Fuentes is unacceptable. I urge you to throw those bums out, disavow them, and relegate them to the dustbin of history where they belong. Narrator, he didn't throw them out. Nor disavow them, nor relegate them to dustbins. Unexpectedly, the most straightforward criticism came from generic ex cop right wing commentator number 238, John Cardillo, who rejected the entire narrative and quite effectively, I might add, to quote his tweet. Nobody gets near a former sitting president under Secret Service protection without submitting their name and being vetted, grow up, unquote. To which we can add, nobody gets near Trump, not now, without possibly serving his suddenly desperate need for a different outcome. For a way out of this, the collision of schemes inside him must be like watching planets crash into each other become more presidential, become more likable, become more anti-Semitic. Boy, not seven years ago, that last option, even in theory, would have been a third rail. Any politician meeting with Nick Fuentes in early 2015 would have been finished, beyond retrieval, or at least beyond retrieval without the most fulsome and most lengthy of apology tours Because let us remember on what Fuentes bases his entire philosophy of politics and of life, the hateful contention that Jews hate Jesus and therefore Jews must leave America.
0: Insofar so far as that's your belief, then you have no business being here. Certainly have no business being anywhere near the levers of power if you believe that. Because who do you serve if you don't serve Jesus Christ? You serve the devil. You serve Satan. Oh, I'm anti-Semitic. Yeah, whatever. You call me whatever you want. You hate Jesus. Your opinion doesn't matter to me. Call me whatever you want. Do you believe in God? Oh, okay. Opinion discarded. Opinion thrown in the garbage and pissed on. Oh, oh I'm anti-Semitic. Yeah, I piss on your Talmud. You think I'm anti-Semitic? You think I care what a Antichrist believes?
4: Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. That is what Trump was really impressed with at dinner, according to Kanye West. That, according to more reliable witnesses, is the scum of whom Donald John Trump said, I really like this guy. He gets me. Of course Fuentes would get Trump. Trump is an anti-Semite. Trump has admired Hitler. As this special edition of Countdown continues, the evidence that both of those statements are true is not in any way, shape, or form new. Some of it has been in the public record since 1990, when we first learned Donald Trump kept a book of Hitler's speeches next to his bed.
0: That's next, this is Countdown.
1: terms and conditions apply.
4: Continuing this special edition about how Nick Fuentes and Kanye West were hardly the only anti-Semites at Trump's dinner table because Trump's contempt for Jewish people precedes even theirs. A little history about Trump and his admiration for Adolf Hitler. More than two months ago, I said Trump had degenerated into America's Hitler, and I got some grief for it. And then a month later, to the day, Trump threatened America's Jews and told them they, quote, have to get their act together before it is too late. And that they had better support him for supporting Israel. And once again, he implied that they were Jewish first and American second. And no, the fact that he used to keep a book of Hitler's speeches in a cabinet next to his bed is nothing to worry about. Donald Trump is an anti-Semite. He has always been an anti-Semite. And anything that he has done that has not been overtly anti-Semitic has been transactional. And there was always something in it for him. And those of the Jewish faith were just incidental to the process. And this should be shatteringly important to you, whatever your faith and whatever your background. There is actually a chance you did not see his social media post. Good luck finding it on the front page of the major news websites, let alone analysis of it. Let me read it in its entirety first and then translate its meanings. And those meanings are genuinely ominous, even for this new apocalyptic Trump. Quote, No president has done more for Israel than I have. Somewhat surprisingly, however, our wonderful evangelicals are far more appreciative of this than the people of the Jewish faith, especially those living in the U.S. Those living in Israel, though, are a different story. Highest approval rating in the world could easily be PM. U.S. Jews have to get their act together and appreciate what they have in Israel before it is too late! Exclamation point. The first thing to note is Trump's unshakable conviction that Americans of Jewish heritage are actually loyal first or should be loyal first to Israel, people of the Jewish faith, especially those living in the U.S. This is one of the oldest tropes about that religion, that there is an implied dual citizenship, a certain uncertainty as to where royal loyalty really lies. All anti-Semites believe this. All rulers who ever purged Jews believe it. Hitler began with it. In 2018, at a Hanukkah event at the White House, addressing Americans who happened to be Jewish, Trump referred to Israel as, quote, your country. A year later, he said that any Jewish American who voted for a Democrat might be disloyal. Just last year, he asked a reporter from an Orthodox Jewish magazine, quote, I did the Heights, I did Jerusalem, and I did Iran. The Iran deal was a disaster, right? Also, I did many other things. Jewish people who live in the United States don't love Israel enough. Does that make sense to you? I'm not talking about Orthodox Jews. I believe we got 25% of the Jewish vote, and it doesn't make sense. It just seems strange to me, unquote translation of that quote and of the social media post yesterday. Courtesy a Gentile, me. As president, he gave Israel gifts. He was nice to them when, you know, he could have been openly anti-Israeli or anti-Semitic. You'd think they would fawn over him for not openly hating them. Let's go out of sequence and cut to that money quote. U.S. Jews have to get their act together and appreciate what they have in Israel before it is too late, end quote. This is not subtle. It is obviously a threat or a threat couched as a warning. Either way, it is a repeat of the way Trump's diseased mind works. People hate you. I helped you. You haven't been grateful enough. You're Jewish. Israel is your country. I helped Israel. If I'm not there to help Israel, you'll be sorry, so you better start supporting me more or else. But maybe the most important part of that post is the seemingly throwaway reference to the evangelicals. It actually explains the whole thing. Trump says, quote, our wonderful evangelicals. These, of course, are the religious nuts who will support him no matter what because they think he is part of the most screwball Bible prophecy of all the screwball Bible prophecies. They are far more appreciative of his support for Israel than are American Jews. The Trumpian tell, though, is adding the phrase, somewhat surprisingly... This is his standard misdirection, making it seem as if he doesn't understand something, quote, somewhat surprisingly, always means he understands it fully and realizes its dark implications and wants to distance himself from it and imply he doesn't understand it. Somewhat surprisingly, and the obsession with Israel on the part of those wonderful evangelicals is about as dark as it gets. If you don't know this yet, sit down. Four and a half years ago, Newsweek printed this remarkable headline, quote: "Trump will start the end of the world, claim evangelicals who support him. Evangelical Christians believe in, quote, end times, what they call prophecy and what others call stuff somebody made up to fleece the gullible. Jerusalem, where Trump moved the American embassy, is the centerpiece of this fire and brimstone saga. Let me quote some of the Newsweek piece about this whole nonsense. Quote, What kickstarts the end times into motion is Israel's political boundaries being reestablished to what God promised the Israelites according to the Bible. Nate Pyle, a pastor and author of a book about Jesus, told Newsweek. Most evangelicals subscribe to a belief in premillennialism, the belief that the second coming of Christ will begin a 1,000-year period where Christ will rule over a peaceful and prosperous earth, Neil J. Young, a religion historian, told Newsweek. Young, who holds a Ph.D. in history from Columbia, writes frequently on evangelical culture and politics. Quoting him again, Israel is a key part of this story too, as Christians believe that events there are fundamental to bringing about the end times. Meanwhile, the evangelical belief in the end times also includes the eventual conversion to Christianity of the Jewish people. The scenario begins when Christ comes to earth to take the living Christians who believe in him to heaven and resurrect the dead who were true Christians at an event called the rapture. Afterwards, it is believed that the Antichrist will reign on earth during the seven-year period of tribulation. You didn't mishear anything in there. The evangelical fascination with Jerusalem is about Christ returning and converting the Jews or killing them. There is a history professor at the University of North Texas named Elizabeth Oldmixon, who studies nothing but this bizarre connection between the evangelicals and Israel and now Trump. Vox interviewed her and got to the whole convert or die thing quoting her. They believe that before Christ will return, there will be a tribulation where Christ defeats evil. There will be natural disasters and wars and perhaps an Antichrist, as the book of Revelations notes. Then at the end of that period, the people of the Mosaic Covenant, including the Jews, will convert. Then after their conversion, the great millennium starts. Now, the Vox reporter quite naturally asked the following question. And uh, what about the people who don't convert? What becomes of them? Professor Old Nixon answered, quote, Well, according to the evangelicals who believe this, they'll end up with the rest of the unsaved, which means they'll be wiped out and sent to hell. Nice, huh? Trump's support for Israel is based on his need for evangelicals to support him, and the evangelicals support Israel, because later on in episode 932, all the Jews are converted or killed. So if you want to take the darkest view of that last sentence from Trump, U.S. Jews have to get their act together and appreciate what they have in Israel before it is too late. He's literally warning them about annihilation. Now, if that interpretation seems extreme to you, well, maybe. But consider some ancient Trumpian history. On the subject of Trump and Hitler, Hitler was first invoked by, Hitler was first made relevant by, Trump. It is not quite two months yet since his former chief of staff, General Kelly, demanded to know why, quote, you effing generals, why can't you be like the German generals in World War II?" And when challenged with the fact by Kelly that it was German generals who tried to kill Hitler, Trump shouted Kelly down and said, no, 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 they were totally loyal to him. And it is four years since Trump, at a commemoration of the dead of World War I, said to Kelly, quote, well, Hitler did a lot of good things and then talked about Hitler's economic improvements. And it is 32 years, 32 years ago last month, since Marie Brenner wrote in Vanity Fair, Ivana Trump told her lawyer that from time to time, her husband reads a book of Hitler's collected speeches, which he keeps in a cabinet by his bed. And then this reporter, Brenner, asks Trump if his cousin John gave him that book. And Trump says, actually, it was my friend Marty Davis from Paramount who gave me a copy of Mein Kampf. And then it was Marty Davis who said, no, he didn't give Trump that Hitler book, Mein Kampf. He gave him Hitler's My New Order, which was Hitler's book of his own favorite speeches. And Trump comes back and then tells Marie Brenner, if I had these speeches, and I'm not saying that I do, I would never read them. Most of that aired on october 17th i want to continue this special edition about trump and nick fuentes and kanye west and anti-semitism by quoting chris saliza of cnn rule number one of politics goes like this chris wrote recently don't compare anything to nazi germany just don't unquote totally wrong and totally applicable here Because in September, I said we needed to face the reality and use the real words that Trump in his appearances at his campaign rallies and the mixture of religious falsehood and cult worship had become America's Hitler. Not that he had done what Hitler had done, nor that he would get to do that, but that we were now in a place where he could. More on that next. This is
0: Countdown.
4: To conclude this special edition of Countdown on the anti-Semitism of Donald Trump and his dinner with Nick Fuentes and Kanye West and what are clearly his deliberations going on inside that semi-human brain of his, that it may be time to give himself fully to the politics of blaming Jewish people and courting those who scapegoat them and making this the center of his next presidential campaign. This last part I present nearly exactly as I first aired it on September 19th. It was harsh and true then. It is harsh and true and sadly a little bit more obvious now. There is an evil presence among us. The more desperate he gets, the worse he gets. This is the formula that produced Hitler in Germany in the 1920s and 30s. This is also the formula that could still produce a Hitler here today. We must face the reality that Trump is America's Hitler. We must use the real words now. There are no more dog whistles. As of now, as of this weekend past, as of this morning, they have begun to salute him as others saluted Hitler. They have begun to play the music and chant the slogans of QAnon. They have begun to weave in the sing-song melodies of the televangelists and the Christo-fascists. They have stopped pretending. So, too must we stop pretending? America's Hitler is here. We have to face the reality that if Trump had not already chosen that path, Saturday night in Youngstown, Ohio, he dropped the pretense and made it unmistakably clear. First, he saw the worst in the Republican party and unleashed its darkness and made the Republican party his slaves. Then he saw the worst in the Christo fascist movement and unleashed its darkness and made the Christo fascist movement his slaves. And now he has seen the worst in the QAnon cult and unleashed its darkness and made the QAnon cult his slaves. For the first time Saturday, Trump interwove the music of QAnon into his apocalyptic speech.
0: and And we have a president who is cognitively impaired and in no condition to lead our country, which may end up in World War III. We are a nation that no longer has a free press and has no fair press any longer. Fake news is all you get and they are truly the enemy of the people. We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed.
4: And before that music, not from QAnon, but nearly identical to it, was over. Nearly the entirety of that crowd was standing in front of Trump, each with one arm in the air, with a forefinger extended, heads bowed, Not just a Sieg Heil to Trump, but an enduring one lasting for minute after excruciating minute as they swayed slowly to his words of hate and revenge and persecution and his calls to violence and bloodlust and revolution, no longer just the most extreme and stomach turning and anti-American and fascistic political movement in our nation's history, but now The result of the full, horrible combination of personal madness, religious fanaticism, vengeance fantasies, and delusional cultism rolled into one man. It's a cult. It's a radicalized cult preparing to wage war against this country. Not political war. Not symbolic war. Not cultural war. Not virtual war. War itself with blood, with murder, with scapegoats, with death camps, with presidents for life, and what would be for this country at the end, at best, a struggle in the future to somehow regain democracy, in the future to somehow regain freedom, to somehow regain diversity, while a dictatorship tightened its grip and went from declaring its opponents enemies of the people to declaring the elected president of the United States and his government, enemies of the people, and to trying to get rid of all of them and all of us.
0: But the thugs and tyrants attacking our movement, and there's never been a movement even close in the history of the United States, have no idea of the sleeping giant that they have awoken. (laughs)
4: Trump did not cross a line Saturday night in Youngstown, Ohio. He erased one. It is not the ultimate line. It is the penultimate one. There are still ways to prevent him and ways to forestall the horror and the destruction of all we call America. But Saturday night, he climaxed a week of stochastic terror threats and a week of movement towards the full embrace of the QAnon madness. Saturday night, he made it unavoidable and inescapable. It is Christo fascism or america it is QAnon. or america it is trump or america and our fight our last chance starts with this we have to face the reality that trump is america's hitler and is now openly emulating hitler and his most venomous call to dictatorship one people one nation one fuhrer
0: we are one movement one people one family and one glorious american nation
4: once the comparison between trump and hitler could be misinterpreted as hyperbole and alarmism and political science fiction it was godwin's law wearing orange makeup the first to invoke hitler automatically loses the debate And while some of us who actually knew Trump said as it started seven long years ago that in him there were all the elements of mass murder and of dictatorship, so many others thought the guardrails that have saved us since Aaron Burr made it so that no man, no matter how insane, no matter how power mad, no matter how devoid of the slightest concern for anyone but himself, anything but himself, could ever erase democracy in America. We who saw horror hoped those who saw aberration were right and we were wrong. But we were not wrong, and we are not wrong. We must use the real words. We have to face the reality that Trump is America's Hitler. This statement is no longer alarmism. It is no longer theoretical. It is no longer political science fiction. It is, after Saturday night in Ohio, with his wild, orgiastic call to violence, with the continuing beckoning for others to fight, to take back, to terrorize, with the arms raised in mindless salute and the entirety of existence reduced to a song that makes no sense, sung by cultists who make no sense, to a messianic later who makes no sense. It is now undeniable fact. Our Hitler is here now. The comparison always repels many who would otherwise recognize and agree to its component parts. It is easily rejected because the Hitler in our collective human mind is the Hitler already forcing society into uniforms and regimentation and the Hitler already bombing England and the Hitler already gassing Jews. But Trump has so far acted by neglect, by proxy, by invoking and inspiring evil in others while being able to deny his own total responsibility for that. Trump is not Hitler 1940, not yet, but he is Hitler 1930 or 1931 or 1932. He is Hitler at that stage when the most powerful, most vicious right wing mainstream politician in Germany, Franz von Papen, could insist he and his colleagues could make Hitler chancellor and then bury him. Quote, within two months, we'll have pushed Hitler into the corner. That was on January 30th, 1933. 28 days after that, the German parliament building, the Reichstag, was burned to the ground. And 24 days after that, the parliament voted to give Hitler the right to make his own laws and to end the elections in Germany. And the sun would not rise again until 1945. We have to face the reality that Trump is America's Hitler, that Hitler, the Hitler on the verge of all night forever. Adolf Hitler first emerged in German politics in the 1920s, already deranged, already irrational, already a threat to his country's democracy. And then he was thwarted in his bid for total power, denied by the rule of law from superseding the rule of law. And to his instability and inhumanity were added cultism and vengeance and the utter disregard of anything except his own wanton desires and a kind of rapture of rage that would no longer be satisfied with total power, but now demanded that power be gained by the destruction of others. The day he seized control, he did not begin to imprison and then murder millions of Jews and opponents and intellectuals and minorities. The day he seized control, he did not start World War II. The day he seized control, he did not unleash the forces that would kill 85 million people in a world war. But the day he seized control... He quickly made sure that the rules and laws and powers of the institution of the state lost their usefulness in stopping him. We have to face the reality that Trump is America's Hitler. What we saw Saturday night in Youngstown, Ohio, was the last shreds of the Trump mask being torn away and the last barrier between Trump and QAnon being torn away and the last distinction between Trump and another Hitler being torn away and the last hesitation to make their plans clear being torn away and also the start of something within literally hours. At another rally yesterday for the Republican candidate for governor of Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano, a Christo fascist called Lance Walnow had only to ask, and the crowd there in Pennsylvania raised all of their arms and grunted along with this poisonous mixture of religious insanity, fascism, war fantasies, and QAnon.
5: And we'll do that by putting our right hand in the air on the count of three, if you're willing to do this. Can you
4: say what they said at Gettysburg? When you see us lined up as one, sweep down the hill to victory. On the count of 3 we'll bring our hand down as one. Father, I pray that indeed Pennsylvania will be like Little Round Top, and America will have a new birth of liberty. As one on the count of three. One, two, three. That's one! We have to face the reality that Trump is America's Hitler. And we have to face another reality, the one expressed by the author of the political insider book, This Town, Mark Leibovich. Mr. Leibovich quoted a former Republican congressman who has seen this coming and who warned, quote, look, we have no plan for this except sitting around hoping he dies. We must accept the fact that the day in the near future is now visible when even the most drastic steps against Trump will not stop him. We have to look at the country around us today right now, September 19th, 2022, and we have to admit that as in Germany in 1933, our rules and our laws and our powers of our institutions of our state are beginning to lose their usefulness in stopping Trump and the fascists and the QAnons and the Republicans. The judiciary is already compromised and losing its usefulness in stopping Trump. A judge he appointed has overruled the laws of this country protecting us against espionage and nuclear kleptomania and said, no, he was the victim. Another judge will now act as special master and delay any prosecution of Trump for his crimes until December at least. Six judges Trump appointed will hear the appeal of the special master case. Three Supreme Court judges Trump appointed would hear the appeal after that. The elections are already compromised and losing their usefulness in stopping Trump. In six weeks, we will hold elections and we will permit at least some people to assume office that control the elections. People who have sworn loyalty not to this country, but to Trump. People who are committed not to fair elections that they might win and they might lose, but to elections that are legitimate only if Trump wins and can be ignored or overturned or redone if Trump loses. People who might as well have been in that crowd in Ohio Saturday night and in that crowd in Pennsylvania Sunday afternoon, their eyes closed in the presence of their god Trump, their forefingers raised in mindless salute to their god Trump, their poisoned minds dedicated to vengeance on behalf of their god Trump. The legislative branch is already compromised and losing its usefulness in stopping Trump. If the Republicans take the House, they will not just stop the January 6th commission. They will pervert it and use it to prove that Trump was the victim and the Proud Boys were victims and the Oath Keepers were victims and the committee should impeach the attorney general and Biden and free every seditionist scum involved in every component of every attempted coup. The Republican Party is already compromised and is losing its usefulness in stopping Trump. It has been subsumed by Trump. If Trump has now embraced QAnon and QAnon is a cult, then Trump has become a cult and his Republican Party is a cult. The Republican Party has cut its connection to democracy or public service or any policy other than power. And some political figures still believe the Republican Party will act to stop Trump when in point of fact, Trump brings them power, and they ask no other questions, just like the German conservatives of 1933 asked no other questions until Hitler started sending some of them to the camps. The only Republicans who make the slightest motions against Trump do so by trying to out-Trump him, like DeSantis and the human traffic, or even more ominously, ending half of his speeches by telling his audience to put on the armor of God. Or Mastriano and his proxy wall now yesterday, mixing QAnon and religion and the Civil War into one horrible recipe for theocracy. What is left to us who want peace and who want democracy and who want elections and who want an America in which no one is killed or sent to a camp because they non-violently oppose any politician. Our last plan, our only plan for this, except sitting around hoping he dies, is the executive branch. And as it fell to Joe Biden to defeat Trump in an election to save American democracy, it falls again to him to use the means at his disposal to defeat Trump as he waits to take the penultimate step to destroy American democracy and to propel this country into chaos and horror and nightmare. Trump is the proverbial clear and present danger to the safety of this nation and every one of her citizens. He must be treated as we would treat any other terrorist loose in our midst. Biden's attorney general spent Saturday at Ellis Island fighting back tears and pleading. We are all in this together. We are all Americans. Instead of realizing the people he is pleading with want to kill him and you and me. And instead of pleading, he should be prosecuting, even if it means ignoring the Florida court or ignoring the appeals court or ignoring the Supreme Court. And if this still does not end the terror, Joe Biden must act against the terrorist. Trump threatens this nation and everyone in it. Today, right now, the next January 6th is being organized while we watch and we respond with memes. And if Biden acts and if what follows are the riots in the streets promised by Lindsey Graham or the, quote, big trouble from the sleeping giant summoned Saturday night by Trump, Biden must respond with the full power of the United States of America and face the rioters in the streets and face the sleeping giant and face the Trump, QAnon, Christo-fascist cultists and in defense of everything this country has ever meant and everything it is supposed to mean to crush them. We must use the real words. We must face the reality that Trump is America's Hitler. (laughs) I've done all the damage I can do here. Thank you for listening. If you're not following or subscribed or whatever, please do so, and thank you for that. Here are the credits. Most of the music, including our theme from Beethoven's Ninth, was arranged, produced, and performed by Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel, who are the Countdown musical directors. All orchestration and keyboards are by John Philip Chanel, the guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray, produced by TKO Brothers. Everything else, pretty much my fault. That's Countdown for this, the 692nd day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Arrest him now, while we still can. Back tomorrow with a completely new edition. Until then, I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio.